Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. Welcome to episode number 34 of the Delve Into Money podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Today, we're going to talk about the book, Man's Search for Meaning, which was written by Viktor Frankl, who talks through his experience in Nazi concentration camps. And he was a psychologist who came up with the logotherapy method. And so in the book, he goes deep in his experience in concentration camps and his observation of people's mindsets while they're in the camp. It's a sobering experience and a really deep insight into the human condition. So we're going to talk briefly about the book, and then we're going to dive into the lesson for today, which I'm calling Defaulting to Actions. In the first part of the book, Viktor Frankl talks about his experience in the concentration camps and that because of the suffering in the camps, he focuses on and he really looks at the people around him and looks at their response to suffering. He talks about how they were dehumanized consistently and how in that dehumanization, they developed identities around their suffering and around their experience. And how many of them, he saw them give up, lose hope in that suffering. And then that giving up was the point that they gave up and chose that they no longer wanted to fight on. Quoting Viktor Frankl, it says, suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds meaning, such as the meaning of sacrifice. And so he talks about how suffering can be rerouted into a positive thing when we assign meaning to that suffering. It's a good read, uh, though there's not, uh, I don't agree with everything in there, which you don't have to agree with everything you read in every book. He says at one point that there's no general meaning in life and that we're all to find our specific meaning. And that specific meaning is done through basically trial and error and through going through our experiences. And he talks about through that suffering that they can find meaning. While I do agree that we have a specific meaning, as a Christian, I think that there is a general meaning in life. As a Christian, I view that our general meaning is to know Christ and to make him known and to really develop that relationship, that one-on-one relationship with our creator. And then that specific meaning is a lower level meaning uh, beneath that. And I talked about this in another episode, so I'm not going to get into it deeply here. But since Viktor Frankl talks about it, I wanted to mention that very quickly. So that's a sidebar, but today I want to talk about action. From the book, each man is questioned by life. He can only answer to life by answering for his own life. To life, he can only respond by being responsible. Thus, logotherapy 
sees in responsibleness the very essence of human existence. See, we seek in our world today, we seek to have balance. We seek the work-life balance. But we don't need this balance that we seek. What we need is we, we need a struggle using Viktor Frankl's language, we need a struggle to a worthwhile and freely chosen goal. Everyone has a burning question of why they're here on earth. And when we can't seem to find the answer or don't have as clear an answer as Bob or Frank or whoever over there, it's easy to get down on ourselves. It's easy to wonder why we can't figure out what that is. And and it's easy to look at other people and envy because they do know what it is. This took me years to realize because I was constantly wondering beneath my general meaning, what was my specific meaning in life? And as I'm sitting here pondering it, I'm confused on why I'm not getting an answer to the question. But here's what I was doing wrong, is I was sitting there. I was sitting there thinking and doing nothing. The reality is, is we find that specific meaning in our life through iteration and action. It's through the work that we can clarify and eliminate bad alternatives. And I truly, truly believe this. I think there are a few people who have a specific meaning that is really tightened and tied down from an early age. When you see these child prodigies that really focus in on a craft and and you see that as what they are doing for their life. But when they come to adulthood, many of them turn out hating their craft or hating what they're doing. And it's because they've done the same thing over again. So in the same way that just sitting there and not acting is not good, doing the same thing over again can also backfire. It's through trying things, failing, learning what we like and don't like, that we can then find our meaning in life. In the same way, we need to default to action. We need to take consistent steps forward to clarify and eliminate what we're going through in life. Aristotle said, the purpose of knowledge is action, not knowledge. And so when we sit there and think about what our meaning is, we're gaining knowledge, but we're not acting and moving forward on that. We think that if we sit here and gain meaning and we gain purpose through thinking that when we realize it, we will come to action. But most of the time, that's not true. We know how we are is if we go home every evening and we sit down and watch TV and do the same routine, getting out of that routine is extremely hard. In the same way, if you go home and you do something uh, physical or positive uh, forward moving every evening, that that will be something that you continue. I think about this in my own life, and, and when I started thinking about investing more, and I was looking for different ways to invest, and I 
started investing some money in physical gold and silver because at the time, this was early 2010, uh, sometime around in there, and I felt like it was a good investment. But then a couple years later, as Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies came onto the scene, I started researching all of those things. And through some friends and through some research, I came to believe that Bitcoin was something that was really interesting and I thought had a valid application and was something that could replace that gold and silver. It was something that at least intrigued me to the point of saying, I want to have a piece of that. But I never took any action. At that time, there was all these barriers to getting involved. And instead of trying to figure out those barriers, I let my thinking about it end at thinking. If I had bought when I said I would, I would have had you know around $3,000 worth of gold and silver that I would have transitioned into Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. If I put that all in Bitcoin, it would have turned into over a million dollars today. I wrote about this previously. I'll link to what I wrote about this. It's a little bit vague in details, but when it comes down to it, I don't know if I truly would have gone through with buying. I acknowledge that what I'm doing here is I'm doing a little bit of revisionist history. I don't know what I would have done when it ran up in 2017. What I would have, if I would have sold or if I would have just let it sit there and keep running. Because then it crashed. And so would I've panicked in the crash, right? I probably would have been one of those that would have sold on the way down. So I maybe would have gotten some money out of it, but not the extent of what I could have if I let it run to today. I also, I could have lost interest. In 2013, uh, I was could have bought it and you know, 2017 is four long years later. So maybe I would have sold in between here and there. I don't regret not buying because I really don't truly know if I would have actually bought. But this scenario has caused me to reflect on how I make decisions. See, I recall, and I've, and I have some old text conversations. Thanks, Matt, to kind of show some of this, but I recall I was interested and I recall thinking I wanted to buy or get involved in some way, but I didn't go past that initial research stage. And I think part of the reason I didn't go past that stage is because I got stuck in that research stage. I got overwhelmed by all the knowledge I was trying to gain and all the things I was trying to learn. But if I would have just tried to brute force the action, meaning if I would have gone online and found a site, secure or not secure, and tried to find a way to buy, I would have been much more likely to follow through. Because when you're passively looking, passively talking, passively researching, it's hard to take that next step to action. So, This story has made me adamant that I want to act anytime I have a conviction, even if that conviction isn't super strong. And the key in this is we want to make small bets. So we need to shift our mindset. For the last 
10 years, I've been very, very intentional about reading a lot. I've taken pride in the amount I've read because it gives me this air of I can tell people and they can say, oh, look how smart you are. Look how smart you're becoming. But the reality is, if I don't act on those books, the knowledge is worthless. I go back to that Aristotle quote, the purpose of knowledge is action, not knowledge. So if I'm reading the books for knowledge, but never acting, all the reading is a waste of time. That all changed for me when in January 2021, I set a goal for myself to start a personal finance blog. I've turned that goal now into this podcast, and I finally decided that I was going to apply my knowledge and use it. See, I had applied it in other ways in the past, so it's not that I didn't apply it at all, but I finally decided I wanted to create a system for application of that knowledge. It was in the realization that I wanted to use that knowledge that shifted me from consumer to producer or creator. So how can we get ourselves to that state of defaulting to action to where when we were interested in that Bitcoin in 2013, we would have started trying to brute force our way to buy it? Or when we started reading we would have acted more quickly on applying that reading outside of just that book in the bed at night right before bed. So I have six different ways that we can apply this in default to action in our lives. Number one, when it comes to a task that will take less than two minutes, do it now. We talk about the two-minute rule in your task list. But this same thing goes for when you learn something new. So if you learn something new, but you can't even take two minutes that it takes to say set up an account, to Google, to add something to your task list, then you're really not committed to doing that thing. And if you're truly not committed, then that's fine. There's no shame in something not reaching a level of conviction to doing it. If we're consistently researching things and not reaching the level of commitment to taking that very first step, then we need to evaluate. The reality is taking the first step in anything just ratchet up your commitment and makes you more likely to take steps two through 10. Number two, when a task comes in that's more than two minutes, Take that first two minute action now and then schedule a time block or schedule a time. Identify a time when you're going to actually sit down and finish up that task, whatever it looks like. Number three, if someone gives you a suggestion, say yes. This seems like a weird piece of advice, but I want to clarify a little bit. We have these people in our lives who are trusted people that that we trust because of their knowledge, because of their experience, whatever it looks like. So if someone is suggesting to you that you take a specific action, the question is, why would you hesitate? The only reason that you would end up hesitating in this situation is because of self-doubt. Because there are going to be those people that you trust at that level. So write down, think about who are the people in your life 
that when they give you a suggestion, you will trust. When it comes to my journey in this podcast and uh, in the, the social and blog that go with it, there are three to four people that if they give me a suggestion, I know that I can trust. In my personal life, if my wife, if my family, if certain close friends give me a suggestion in their area of expertise, something I know I can trust, why hesitate? And the answer to that is what I've said just a minute ago and what I think we all know is true, that if we hesitate, it's because we're having inner doubts in ourselves. The fourth way to default to action is to eliminate overthinking. The reality is we know when we overthink. The way that we can change this is we want to create a decision-making framework. And this is as simple as saying, when I get to, say, 70% confident in a decision, I'm going to act. I'm going to do right then. When we overthink, what we're really doing is we're coming up with excuses for ourselves. We're coming up with reasons that we don't want to do something. So in most situations, I really do think we know when we're overthinking because what ends up happening is we get to a point where we're confident, where we know the solution, and then we start looking for the negatives. And so when you find yourself in that negative loop, we want to evaluate, am I overthinking? And I think the answer is going to likely be yes. Way number five is that when we face fear, instead of turning away from that fear, we want to lean into that fear. We want to explore the fear that we're encountering. When we explore the fear that we're encountering, it gives us two pieces of information. First, it helps us identify what is this fear. And when we identify what that fear is, we can then name that fear. But then second, it gives us an opportunity to face it and tell that fear to go away or face it and tell that fear that we're coming for it. And it's, that's really just a mindset thing because when we constantly run from fear, we continue to run from fear. And as we continue to run from fear, there are more things that we're fearful of. Let me repeat, when we turn away from something we're fear, we're setting ourselves up to turn away from the next thing that we fear. What we're doing is we're taking those walls and we're moving those walls closer to the center to where we create a three foot by three foot box that anything outside is something that's fearful and we stay curled up inside that box. But what we want to do is we want to push against that wall and we want to keep pushing that wall outward because when you face your fear, you're leaning into that wall. You're putting pressure on that wall that's causing that wall to move. And each time you do this, you're moving that wall out to where you go from having a small closet of things that you're not fearful of to having a factory or warehouse of things that you're not fearful of. And when you have that factory or warehouse, that factory or warehouse then allows you to roam in that whole area and gives you more and more opportunities to explore, more and more opportunities to grow, more and more opportunities 
to progress in whatever you're progressing in. And then number six, if you think it's a great day to blank in whatever it is you're trying to think or trying to do, just do it. Anytime that we say it's a great day to and we don't follow with action, we're choosing our limiting belief. And if we say it's a great day, but we allow ourselves to get distracted, it calls into question how committed we are to the thing we say we're committed to. And that's where I found myself with the Bitcoin, is how committed was I actually to this Bitcoin? The reality was I wasn't very committed. And that's okay, because like I said, I don't, I don't have that regret. But looking back at that showed me those mental barriers I had created for myself in thinking I had to have a certain amount of knowledge to start. We want to make action the first move. We want to make action a response to our knowledge. We can continue to gain knowledge along the way, but getting that forward momentum going is super important. That forward momentum creates a cycle that we just continue to gain momentum and gain momentum. And that's how you create outsized results in the long run. So how do we apply this to our personal finances? And you can apply this in a lot of different ways. You can apply this in your investing. So say you don't know anything about investing. Say you don't know anything about cryptocurrency, but it's something that you're interested in. Well, in each of those cases, you want to take that first step. You want to go open the account. You want to just just pick one, whatever it is, Fidelity, Coinbase, M1 Finance, which is my favorite where I'm moving all of my Roth IRA accounts. Find a place and just deposit a small amount of money. It could be just go deposit $20, right? You're not going to miss that $20 over the long run because that $20 is going to be a seed to create opportunity for you to gain more knowledge in the future. And maybe that $20 is all that you do right now, but that $20 is the first step. It's creating that tiny piece of momentum that you've got to go forward. Maybe you're looking at a career change. Maybe you're looking at trying to find a new job. That first step is could be updating your resume, right? That first step could be telling someone, right? Because when you tell someone, you're making a commitment to them so that if you've not taken action and they ask you three weeks, a month later, it's embarrassing because you've not done anything. It could be just submitting an application for a new program that's something you want to learn. It could be taking a course online. Whatever it is, go create a commitment for yourself. A lot of times that commitment is going to take the form of money, and that's not a bad thing at all. The other thing when we talk about saving money is we often think it's super, super complicated that we need to sit down and figure everything out. I would encourage you, if you know you need to save money, to just go in and just cancel a subscription. 
In less than five seconds right now, you can tell me what you use the least. So just go log in, immediately cancel it. Period. End of story. Anything else is an excuse. So I would encourage you to think about places in your life that you don't default to action, that you default to fear, you default to overthinking, you default to worry. Whatever those areas are, think of what that small, less than two-minute action you can do right now. And before this podcast ends, go start doing it. I give you permission to pause and exit this podcast right now to go do it, to go take that two-minute or less action that you need to take. When we learn something new, when we gain specific knowledge, we need to act immediately because acting immediately is what's going to allow that opportunity not to pass. Thank you so much for listening today. I would love if you'd subscribe. If you're still listening to this, that means you're not taking action. So pause it right here and go take action. But again, remember until next week, healthy financial decisions are intentional financial decisions. Intentional decisions this week lead to a healthy financial future. Start today. We see you next week, hopefully with at least one two-minute action. Am I right?